Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Hey guys, it's it's Davido. Um, I'm just coming here to say uh, that I love the Fallout app, and I would like to tell you about the service that they use to make this podcast. It's called Anchor. The best thing about Anchor is it's free. You don't have to pay anything. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to the episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So you're going to be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can now make money for your podcast with very little, uh, minimum, little, little, little listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This is your official civil defense broadcaster. One of the greatest threats would be radioactive fallout. Uranium fever. Where fallout is heaviest, it can even kill those who have not taken proper shelter. Broadcasting deep underground in a questionably constructed survivalist bunker is Dave Chaffins and Kenneth Vigue, and your host as always, Mr. Robots. This episode of the Fallout Hub is brought to you by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Open enrollment for advanced robotics courses starts now. Totally nothing sketchy going on. Nope, not at all. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fallout Hub, Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, and Wanderers. Uh, uh, did you catch what I did there? Oh. I am your host, Tom, or Robots, and this is the unofficial, official Fallout TV show podcast, and also podcast about Fallout 76 and other things Fallout. I am here with my two co-hosts, as usual, Ken. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, thank you. I am good on this lovely Saturday. On this lovely Saturday, yes, we're recording live on a Saturday at 6 p.m. This is different than our normal time, but welcome to a very special weekend show. Also, I have Dave. Dave, welcome. How are you doing? It's great to be here. I'm curious if we could be also the unofficial official film podcast, as well as um, any kind of like fictional writings. Let's just cover the gambit while we're out there. We need to get a I'm- list and list it out. I think uh, we are eventually going to become the podcast about being about things, and that'll be most of the show, and yeah. then we'll just have a very quick little interview at the end with just right. like one question. Yeah, right. um, yes, uh, but that's <laughs> that's for the future. For right now, we have a very special guest, the Lone Vault Wanderer. Welcome to the show. How are what you? What is going on? I'm good. I've just had coffee because it's actually Sunday at 8 a.m. here because that's how time zones work. So yeah, I'm still waking you, up a little bit. <laughs> right, because you live on the upside down part of the planet from where we are. So if we how, exist, you know, or maybe if you exist right. at all, there's yeah. a direction in space. Oh no, I'm not Crap. real. <laughs> how does this work? Directionality. Um, <laughs> well, we are very excited to have you in the chat. 
<laughs> we're very excited to have you here and we're going to get Thank into you. some details about uh your experiences with fallout some of the content creation your involvement with all things fallout because you have quite sure. the resume um but before we get to that we usually start out with the robots dozen questions to kind of warm things up this time i am changing it up and i have pulled because we, we joke about this being our goat, right? To tell you what job you're going to get. So this time I've actually pulled the goat questions from Fallout 3. Oh and we're no, just going to go right. through those. So <laughs> so here we go. Um, except these are not multiple choice. So you get to make up whatever answer you want. You wow. Ready for this? Yeah. All right. Question number one. You are approached by a frenzied vault scientist who yells, I'm going to put my quantum harmonizer in your photonic resonation chamber. What do you say? Oh, I, I should have asked before. Are we allowed to swear on this show? Is this like not allowed? Ken loves the fuck word. He loves it. <laughs> just setting, because sometimes it might happen. I'm not going to do it as a default. <laughs> what would I do? I, I, I would probably, see, when we do this in Fallout 3, the multiple choice answers are there to help me through the way. Yeah, but you get to just make up whatever you yeah. want. <laughs> As what, just first thing that comes to mind, just boom. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Uh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, what I would say to the crazy scientist, maybe you're a crazy scientist. Get away from me! I'm looking for my father. How about oh, that? All right, that's fine. all right, all right. And you don't yeah. have to be you don't have to be the character in Fallout Three if you don't want to. Like you, but you could role play that in sure. these questions. You can do this however you want. I, yeah. All right, let's do it. Question number two. While working as an intern in the clinic, a patient mm. with a strange infection on his foot stumbles through the door. The infection is spreading at an alarming rate, but the doctor has stepped out for a while. What do you do? <laughs> Got to cut off the foot. Like, look, it's fallout. <laughs> People can become ghouls very quickly. You can't risk it. You can't risk it. You know All what right. I mean? He's fine. Chop off that foot. Rivet City. He'll get a foot that's prosthetic. Cybernetic. Oh, absolutely. You'll be go. fine. Look, look, we don't we don't have right away in the in the in the vault, you know? It's unfortunate. <laughs> Question number three. You discover a young boy lost in the lower levels of the vault. He's frightened and mm. hungry, but also appears to be in possession of stolen property. What do you do? Look, I, I in all honesty, I would probably take the stolen property and say <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Like I I've been there as a kid. It's it's totally cool. Aww. Just don't do it again. Oh, <laughs> you should nice. say what you're going to do with the stolen property once you take it. So, yeah, I mean, well, you oh, like, what stolen property? What are you talking about? And then I'll keep it for myself <laughs> because it's probably good <laughs> if the little kid wanted it, right? Or it's not. And it's just like, you know, I don't know, something dumb. Like little kids just pick whatever up, right? So, <laughs> true. Um, true. So, uh, question number four Congratulations. You made one of the Vault 101 bas basketball teams. Which position mm -hmm. do you prefer? I don't like basketball. <laughs> that's my, <laughs> but that's you gotta my play. other <laughs> No, 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 no. One of the answers in the game is I prefer soccer or something. So oh, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. totally Good give point. that answer and, and it's consistent. All right, all right. Uh, number five, your grandmother invites you to tea, but you're surprised when she gives you a pistol and orders you to mm. kill another Vault <laughs> resident. What do you do? Uh, I'd be like, Grandma, just relax, all right? We've had this discussion before. I'm not yeah. doing your dirty work. <laughs> and, and enough enough with the guns, Grandma. <laughs> grandma, everyone else on? knows you as a crime boss, but you're just my grandmother. <laughs> Stop it. Um, yeah. 
Number six. Old Mr. Abernathy has locked himself in his quarters again, and you've been ordered to get him out. How do you proceed? How do, how do I proceed, Mr. Abernathy? Look, uh, I would probably try and, like, trick him to open the door himself. So, like, I'd know him. Like, I, I reckon I'd be very friendly in the vault. I, I know this dude, and I could probably lure him out with, with, like, the, I don't know, tempting him with something. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> Probably like food or something like that. Like Mr. Thing you stole from the little boy. <laughs> I have you a stolen item back from the kid. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, number. Yeah, yeah. Number seven. Oh no! You've been exposed to radiation and mutated, and, and a mutated hand has grown out of your stomach. What's the best course of treatment? Look, probably if <laughs> if we had right away, probably that. But I want to stick with like the whole cutting off limbs thing. I think that's been working for me. A, so let, let's let's go with that. <laughs> Over here is my closet of lost appendages and stolen items. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Keep them as backups just in case you lose another <laughs> one and you need to replace it. Number eight. A fellow Vault 101 resident is in possession of a Grognak, the barbarian comic book. Issue number one. You want it. What's the best Take way it. to obtain it? Take the Grognak magazine. Alright, just do it. They give good buffs. You just just take it. That's my answer. <laughs> just, just, this is mine now. I, I was influenced by the kid, essentially. <laughs> oh, it's a story. Oh yeah. <laughs> and just like that, you're a tunnel snake. <laughs> Number <clears throat> number nine, you decided it would be fun to play a prank on your hmm. father. You enter his private restroom when no one is looking, and... Like, the, the whole... You, you lift up the toilet lid and you put those little pop rock things under there so when they sit down... Oh, no. <laughs> that's always fun, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you're going to scare the piss out of Absolutely. him. Absolutely. I'm helping him, essentially. <laughs> And number 10, who is indisputably the most important person in Vault 101? He who shelters us from the harshness of the atomic wasteland and to whom we owe everything we have included, uh, we have, including our lives. Like, do I have to say the overseer? Because that's like the required answer here. <laughs> He's a dirtbag. <laughs> it is a required answer. <laughs> but what do you think? Well, it'd be me, right? I am the most important. I think I'd be overseer. Mm. That's, my, that's my honest answer. Yeah. That's like both at the same time. Yeah. The overseer, who is also myself. <laughs> Me. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're calculating this out here. We've got, um, hmm. all right, the results are in. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. You are going to become a water slide tester. Wow. Oh, I've always wanted to be one of those. Wow. Do we have a water slide in the vault? Is that is that a thing? I, I don't know, but that's what came up. Maybe so, yeah, yes. maybe we're going to need a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, we need to start searching this vault a little bit more. Maybe there's a water slide somewhere that we just haven't discovered yet. That's the secret experiment. Is that it's a secretly a water park? <laughs> that's the secret experiment. <laughs> Four hundred years of water park fun. Damn that you, Bron. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh I want to welcome you again to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thank We've been you. very excited about this. Um, can you give people who don't know 
who you are and maybe mm-hmm. some of your history. Can you give us kind of a, a little recap about who you are and why people should probably know who you are? Sure. Um, so <laughs> I I guess my kind of intro to, to this side of the industry is starting my YouTube channel back in the day. I don't even remember when it was. I'm going to get the specific date now. Um, but yeah, I started a YouTube channel called Learn Vault Wanderer um, many, many years ago. The specific date was June 15th, 2013. So, wow. wow. Over seven years now. So, started off with that. Um, at that stage, I didn't really, I didn't reveal who I was. I just kind of did it anonymously. And then as things went on, um, I actually started to work in the games industry as a lawyer and then eventually made my way to Bethesda as a community manager while still doing the the whole YouTube thing with predominantly Fallout, but I also covered other games back in the day too. Man, that's quite the that's quite the journey uh, from content creator <laughs> to lawyer to community manager. Um, did yeah. you did you always um, did you start out going to college uh, for for law and then you just kind of took that path into the game yeah, industry? So- my like you know we were i was in 11, year 11 and year, year 12 which essentially is where they decide you know mm. like the test you're going to take and this is the score you're going to get and you can go to university or this is what you call college um and then you know do the courses that you want so my cousin was studying law my other cousin had a law firm so it was like oh, i might as well do it but it was one of those weird things where because you got the mark you did it and I didn't like. I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the study um, somewhat, but you know, <laughs> somewhat, somewhat. It was just, it's just a lot of reading. Law is, yeah. is, is a lot of reading. Um, but yeah, I kind of just yeah. did it for, because I don't know. I, I felt like there was this expectation, or that it would yeah. be a good thing to do. I can't tell you the exact reason, but I, I'm not, you know, working as a lawyer at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I think right. there's a lot of yeah. different. That 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 go to school and get the uh, an education speci- like specific around one thing, and then end up yeah. doing something entirely different. Like my wife is a forester and studied forestry, and she does like contract buying for pipeline now. It's like something <laughs> yeah. drastically different from what she studied, and I think that that's the case for a lot of people. Well, even when um, the first class of law school that we had, they literally said to us, and and I thought it was strange at the time, but that there were like two thirds of you aren't actually going to go on to become lawyers, even though you might finish the law degree because like, you know, lawyers become politicians, they become consultants and whatever. And I was like, that's a weird thing for you to say at the beginning of law school, but turns out that you were right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think it takes a very uh, specific personality to enjoy legal work, and 100%. there are different there are different you know avenues of legal legal work for sure. But um, yeah, so let's uh, let's dive into your foray in content creation. What inspired sure. you to get started? Um, I guess it was just it was certain channels that I really enjoyed watching at the time, like back in the day. As, as I'm sure many people like, I really liked Call of Duty, and um, I liked watching people. You know, make videos like one of my biggest inspirations at the time was a channel called Guns for Hire, who was part of Next Gen Tactics, and he would just make you know for uh, sorry uh, uh, Call of Duty videos. I kept saying mm. different games, and I was just kind of inspired that by that. But I didn't really know Call of Duty like he did, but I knew Fallout because I was a huge Fire Three fan. So it just kind of went from there, and um, yeah, started. It was about at the time when we all were hoping that Fallout Four was a thing. But it was like kind of, it felt like a pipe dream at that stage. But we had no news, no nothing about it. So I just started making speculation videos about Fallout Four, um, and then it kind of went from there. 
Nice. So let, let's let's talk about the Fallout side of this because this was 2013, <laughs> right? Fallout. Yeah. Uh, Fallout Three was already four or five years old. You had New Vegas, yeah. which had been out for a few years. Um, yeah. It seems like a like you're speculating about Fallout Four, and of course we didn't know anything about Fallout Four until that announcement at E3, which was like <laughs> months before it launched, right? And they they, yeah. very, they kept it very close to the chest, which they seem to be doing with a lot of these games uh, over the last decade or so. Um, what specifically inspired you to choose Fallout as opposed to something like Call of Duty or any of these other games mm. that were probably more popular at the time? Because I'm sure there was kind oh, of a absolutely. waning Fallout audience before 4 happened and then all of a sudden they're spiked again. But yeah, why Fallout? I just like I, I think it's no surprise that Fallout 3 is my favorite game of all time. It kind of all started from there. Um so that was just what I knew and, and that's what I, I think I could comfortably speak about on like a YouTube video and I could speculate fairly easily. I think one of the, the main issues I always had in the past with, with videos and content creation is that I've never had much time because I've been working or whatever. So I've always liked the idea of just being able to sit down, spit out a video very easily and doing a speculative video about Fallout 4 was a very easy way for me to make videos. So it just it just kind of worked. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, because I liked the franchise, because I knew a little bit about it in terms of like, you know, the game itself and the lore and all that stuff. And yeah, because it, it just made content creation way easier for me. If I, if I did another game like Call of Duty, I felt like it would have taken a lot more effort to actually create those videos. And that was just something that I didn't have, have time for at the time. <laughs> oh, we, we all identify with that. Like, uh, yeah. as content creators yeah. ourselves, uh, there's, that, there's always that balance between, like, what can I actually accomplish? What do I already mm-hmm. know? And what, you know, what will there be an audience for? You know, like, how do I balance that? For sure. Yeah. So you also, what you stay within your wheelhouse too. It would be like yeah. It would be like me attempting to stream Fortnite, which would just be hilarious for everyone but me. Oh, and and I've <laughs> tried that before. I've tried to cover other games and it's like hard. for various reasons we can get into. It just never worked for me. It it never worked for me. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. So, so I, I'm curious about how you discovered Fallout to begin with. When did you when did you come across? Do you remember the first time? I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the very first time I saw Fallout 3, so the game had been out for, for a little bit now. Like when I first picked up Fallout 3, I believe the game of the year edition was either out or was about to come out. Um, but the first mm-hmm. time that I saw it was I was at a friend's house who had Fallout 3 and he was showing me around Megaton. And I was like, oh, this is this is cool. So eventually I just picked it up myself. But the, the interesting thing with, with me and Fallout 3, and I think I've said this before, like I, I played it. I kind of I was like yeah that was fun dropped it and then I actually eventually kind of traded it back in because that's what you would do back in the day to get more games right yeah, and then yeah. I was like I want to start trying to 100% games in terms of all their achievements and what games could I do that uh, realistically for and because you know some games to get all the achievements would take hundreds of hours and it wasn't realistic but with Fallout 3 like I looked online I was like oh yeah these are actually realistic it's a long game but I could comfortably do the achievements so i bought it back again and then i replayed it and 100 percent of it and that's when i fell in love with it it wasn't actually the first time that i played it but the second time around which was weird uh, i always thought but yeah. that's how i first found out about it and then eventually kind of fell in love with fallout 3 i think you know that makes sense and i don't know about the rest of you guys but i've had a very similar experience with especially very long games that are very deep uh, i often have that first playthrough where I, I may not even complete it in the first playthrough 
I'll, I'll play it for a few weeks, maybe a month or two, and then kind of move on to something else. And then yeah. at some point, maybe six months later, eight months later, I go, you know, I never did finish that game. And I'll go back and fall back in love with it in a way that I didn't the first time. I think yeah. that mm-hmm. that's very common for me. I, 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 I resonate yeah. with that. I, I've had I've had that thing with um uh, video game series called Dark Souls where I played it. Yeah. I was like I should I should love this. This is medieval and, <laughs> and dragons. I should. And love I keep this. dying. What is and going I, on? I, I hated this it. Game. I was like I don't understand it. And then I was like, okay, let me try it again. I, maybe I was just like a year later. I was like, let me just do try it again. Hated it. And then this the next time a buddy of mine was talking about it, and I tried it again, and then I was hooked. And it's like. I guess it's like timing and when you're when you're playing stuff it's it, it hits differently uh-huh. shit hits differently man you know what i'm saying yeah, well, yeah for sure it, <laughs> even I like think uh, with fallout oh go ahead ken oh even just the the messaging sometimes misses you the first time around yeah. um like as i started with fallout 3 as well so it's it's yeah. it has a real solid place in my heart but when i got into new vegas some of the larger messaging of New Vegas, um, because of how old I was then, completely went over my head. But I have such a wider viewpoint from where I am in life now to understand mm-hmm. the motivations of other characters, maybe a little more, to make different decisions. Like, uh, and I've talked about this before, Robert House. He was yeah. right. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did, a, we did a very long extended episode on the Fall Workhouse where Ken joined me to talk about uh, House. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's something about these games that uh, there's just a level of depth and familiarity with the world that you kind of that first dip into the world you start to become familiar with it because you don't know anything when you begin with you're you're as blind to the world as you were when you left the vault in Fallout Three and you're going what is even out here I don't even know what to expect and you're encountering super mutants and crazy animals and the people of the wasteland and the ruins of places that we find familiar but are now completely foreign and and all of that is a lot to take in and then once you establish yourself in that world and you go okay this is where I am then you can start really understanding the stories and the other characters and, and things really going on I think maybe there's just this like you know getting used to it do you, do you think maybe that's the case Lone Wonder? I think so like you know the, the first time is is kind of daunting especially the way and, and I love this moment so much the way that Fallout 3 initially presents it when you walk out of the vault and you kind of see the entirety of the wasteland from the scenic overlook um, it, it is a little bit of crap what do I do right now and, mm-hmm. and you're still feeling the game out you still don't know what you know skills and perks and whatever you want to focus on and where you want to go first and the game kind of naturally leads you to Megaton etc but I think because of that, I was kind of like, I felt like I was stumbling my way through the first time. Um, but the second time, I knew everything. I knew, you know, what character I, I wanted to create. I know what I wanted to do first. I knew roughly where to get the achievements that I wanted to get. So that second playthrough for me, it just really, really brought the game to life for me. Um, and it's not even to say that I hated it the first time. I didn't because I, I still finished it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also think the first time I finished the base game too. So... I didn't touch any of the DLCs. So when I picked it up again and then played through the DLCs and Broken Steel allowed you to actually continue the main story, yeah. that, that that was game-changing for me. I, I, I adored that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, a lot of these games uh, continue to improve as as the DLC comes out, um, and it just mm. makes the, you know, the story even more interesting and complete. Um, 
That's yeah. I think we all have very similar experiences with that. So when you were starting content creation, you were like, "This is a no-brainer." I've completed the game by that point, probably. It yep. had been, yep. you know, a number of years, um, and then you went on. And now, you were talking about making predictions about Fallout Four. Um, <laughs> when you when you look back to these videos, how many of them are you like, "Yeah, I was right on with that," and how many of them are you like, "That's super cringy at this point." I, ugh, I was way so, off. So, one one <laughs> of the things that I I'll say I dislike about content creation is that you can make a video and then two, three, four years later, someone will comment on that video and be like, hey, mate, that's wrong. Or like, this is the correct fact yes. at this point. I'm like, yes. it's, it's a four-year-old video. What are you talking yes. about? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's how comments like that on my old videos too, where people are just like, oh. hey, this is clearly not true. And I'm like, dude, this, is, this video is five years old. Of course it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did you realize when you like, look at the date? Yeah. yeah. But because of that, I am re- reminded of my past failures. So there's, there's certainly <laughs> things that I, that I absolutely got wrong. But here's the thing, like, we didn't know anything at the time. So we yeah. were just speculating and just saying what would we would think would be cool or whatever it might be. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I got wrong and some stuff, stuff that I got right. But I, I would like to think... Because, like, you know, it's when you're trying to create a video and also make it be appealing and you want people to click on it, you try and be a little bit clickbaity. Unfortunately, that's just the way things are nowadays. It's so just the way you try it, and make it has to work. Yeah. 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 So I would make really bold predictions um, that I knew that weren't <laughs> going to come true, but you just say it anyways to, to try and make content. So I got a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. When you're playing basketball, your favorite sport, Johnny, people want to yes. see the half court shot. <laughs> Like people, people don't want to go for the layup. They want to see the half court shot because when that yeah. makes, that's like an exciting time. They're like, oh, Fallout Four is gonna have a uh, character progression. It's gonna be an RPG. Like, no, you don't want to see any right. of that. It's gonna take place on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna start off in the vault. Like, like people want the crazy predictions and yeah. to kind of go nuts with it because it's it's exciting. You know, when we knew nothing about this game, that we were waiting for how how long were we waiting for Fallout Four at the time for, and oh, yeah. then to to see that initial trailer that that brings me back man that that was a good time <laughs> is there a particular theory that like haunts you at night you're like why did i make that oh. video? why did okay, i never I'll, ask I'll, that I'll, girl out in high school and why did i make that prediction about Paul <laughs> <Fallout> four yeah <laughs> so i it wasn't a prediction but this is the first thing that came to my mind i guess so I made it, I think my first video, my very first video possibly was about VATS and how, oh, how could it possibly work in a, in a real-time multiplayer setting? Um, not thinking that, oh, you just turn off the bloody slow motion, Johnny. That's how VATS works. And now I'm using it every day in 76. <laughs> I was like such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's um, that's always fun. So okay, so tell let, let's go into your uh, your trajectory after Fallout Four. So you you, mm-hmm. you create all these prediction videos. Fallout Four comes out, of course. You know the the trailer gets released, and of course you know you're yep. having these wonderful fond memories and salivating over the graphics and the new content and the new location. And oh man, this is going to be really cool. Um, where did you go from there with your content creation? I. That was a tough time because I had 
based my channel off of news and speculation and updates, right? So, like, the moment that Bethesda would do something, I'd jump on it, I'd make a video. Or the moment that there was a, a small little peek at something, I would make a speculation video. I really struggled once the game was out because I did not know what content to make. I genuinely struggled. Um, mm-hmm. So, I actually, I think I, I slowed down a little bit on the Fallout videos because I didn't know what to make anymore. I didn't know what, what, what content to do anymore. So I dipped back and just to news generally. So that's when I started covering different games and different content, which is when I really got into Borderlands, into Bioshock, into other games that I really like. Um, so yeah, I, I, I genuinely didn't know what to do at the time because it was so out of my wheelhouse and I never managed, I don't believe, to find that, con- that content in Fallout 4, which mm-hmm. really kind of set me for that next stage to keep growing on YouTube. That was a tough time for me. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Uh, and, and the YouTube algorithm gets confused when you oh, when yeah. you change your topic and your audience doesn't respond to it the same way. It's like, oh. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know who to give it to. Um, my channel, <laughs> just speaking from experience, I have many different shows about many different topics. YouTube has a really hard time pushing all of those different topics because it like the Fallout audience may not be interested in the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and the Elder Scrolls audience may not be interested in Cyberpunk, you know. And so it gets all it gets all mixed up. Um, so I can't use YouTube as a means as a primary means of finding an audience. It's mostly for people who already listen to my podcasts. Um, mm. So I have to look at it that way. Um, or I'd have to split out an individual channel for every different topic, which is crazy, I guess, right. on some level. Um, yeah, so yeah, this content creation struggles are, are interesting. So, so is this, at what point in your story did you, um, did you start working in the game industry? And then how did that convert over to working with Bethesda? So uh, when did it begin? So I was doing YouTube and then I, I kind of graduated from from law school i also did finance as well so i couldn't actually here's the thing about law it's very difficult to get a job nowadays so everywhere that i applied for i got a couple of interviews and i got knocked back um so i was like well what do i do now so i went into consulting at a company called ernst and young um Mm -hmm. and then i was like all right i did that for about a year but i wanted to be in the games industry like that's like every kid's dream right to be able to work with video games even if it was in some sort of capacity but all that i I knew at the time was like law and i had these qualifications so i got this opportunity to become a lawyer essentially but with a a company like within the video games industry so i when i was in consulting i tried to to get into contact with this company called the igea essentially the equivalent Mm -hmm. of the esa in in america but in australia so they deal with you know video game policy they talk to government about video games all that kind of stuff um classification so like the ratings that you see on games that was stuff that we that we did at the igr so that that was all i knew and i saw that as my opening so i kind of reached out to them i went to a couple of their events and then i was about like nine months ten months into my job at ernst and young they reached out to me and they were like hey we have this opening because our internal counsel just left would you like to interview interview for it so i interviewed for it um the job was in sydney and i'm originally not from sydney um so it would have been a big move for me but i was like this is kind of my way into the games industry and i was through that job i was able to work with every major publisher here so like nintendo Mm -hmm. xbox playstation um it was it was my way in it's a gateway and that was kind of cool yeah for sure yeah there's a lot of people who go through two and a half years yeah 
Interesting. Okay, so yeah, I'm sure a lot of our audience is actually very, very interested in this too, because so many of us mm. come from backgrounds that aren't necessarily focused on the game industry, and a lot of people would really enjoy working for a game publisher or or somebody because they're doing something that they genuinely like to be involved with and that they do in their, yeah. their free time anyway. Um, so I find these stories very, very interesting. So where did it go from there? You started making connections with these different companies? For sure. Well, because in that job, I pretty much on a daily and weekly basis was speaking to people inside of publishers because we had to re- represent them to the government. That was part of our job, right? So whether it was talking to Nintendo, like flying to their offices and, and speaking with them and seeing how we best represent them or, or whoever, that way I was able to actually meet and actually talk to many different people in games, one of them being people at Bethesda. Now, mind you, the people that were working at Bethesda Australia, I already knew them through my Lone Vault Wanderer stuff. And I, the, the worlds at that stage yeah. still, still hadn't mixed for me, right? So I still was doing this kind of secretly at the time, but I was also in this actual job and they knew <laughs> me from both worlds, which was very weird. Right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, is. it was very it is. strange. Um, but that's how I kind of met them in a formal capacity. And then from there, I was like, I would love to work at Bethesda. I would love to work at Bethesda. And eventually uh-huh. the opportunity came up when there was a community manager spot open at the local comp- at the local office in, in Bethesda, Sydney. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to apply. And I, and I don't think I would have gotten that job had it not been for my job as a lawyer in the games industry and also my content creation stuff it kind of melded together in a really strange but good way yeah there's kind of a, a connection there of it's like okay as, as legal representation and kind of thinking about how the esa works like you're taking some viewpoints and converting them into something that is is uh, i guess talking points or you know this is kind of low level language i'm sure there's a better word for it but to give to the yeah. government and so i would imagine as a community manager for any company you're going to the community, looking at the viewpoints, and then converting them into actual usable pieces of information. So I it's, can it's very that. similar work. It's yeah. like you know, it's and I'll just say it's general kind of as you were mentioning before, as a general organization, it's general communication. Like whether it's talking between devs and the community, or talking between publishers and the government. Like mm-hmm. it, you were still that kind of conduit. So I still I do think that that previous job has helped me in my job now as a community manager. Um, yeah, I, I just think that those two worlds kind of lent nicely to each other. But there are, it's a weird mix. And every time people ask, well, how did you get in the games industry? Or how do I get a job <laughs> in the games, in, games industry? Honestly, the stories are always weird. <laughs> They're always weird. And, yeah. and there's, there's never a kind of like typical route into games. Like, I guess, especially from a comms and a marketing side, I feel like everyone has a strange story. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is don't be afraid to do things in your spare time that follow your passion. Because yeah. um, if you, like you said, if you were just doing your legal job and then going home and playing video games and weren't creating the content and building a community, then you never mm. would have made that jump. Um, it's it's never. taking, it's never taking your passion and, and actually working hard in your off time. And, and a lot of times doing things that are fun also, but yeah. you, you have to make a point to do them, like to, to create a YouTube channel. You have to be thinking through what the content is. You have to be putting it out on a regular schedule. You have to be spending the extra time to edit the content, which you know mm-hmm. all of these things take away from your time to sit down and play the game or relax in the evening or go out with your friends you know whatever you you have to sacrifice something and in the long run it it can pay off Uh, it it for sure can 
Is, is there anything better than when you can can take something that you're so passionate about, whether it's it's a hobby or something that you just knock about with randomly and can turn it into something that becomes a career or even a side job like um, podcasting or writing or mm-hmm. any of the stuff that we've done? There's there's nothing more fulfilling in life than being able to do that. Oh, yeah. for sure. Like uh, I couldn't imagine getting out and doing something that I did, didn't enjoy. And that's not to say that I did, didn't enjoy my, my world as a lawyer, because like I did, there was a reason why I got into it and I was able to study it for five years. But when there's something that you are particularly passionate about, whether it's games for us or even just content creation generally, because I also get to do that at Bethesda and streaming as well. Like there's, there's so many things that I can do in this job that I just really enjoy. Um, and I think I would struggle just personally if I had to do something that, you know, maybe I wasn't so passionate about. Yeah, and I the think other... there's a lot of there's a lot of right, right time, right place kind of situations, and you kind of have yeah. to keep consistent with what you're doing because you don't like. From my perspective, you don't know when the shot is going to come up, and you know, mm-hmm. like uh, like Michael Scott and Wayne Gretzky both said, you miss 100 percent of the shots. Don't <laughs> we went from basketball to <laughs> hockey references. Oh man, still all, no soccer all sports references. in the USA. Yeah, Wild yeah, card, like, baby. <laughs> Let's speak about does, some soccer or some rugby. Does, does Australia have a Australian sport that only happens in Australia? I don't yeah. know the answer to this question. Uh, it's called uh, Aussie Aussie football, so AFL. Um, oh, football. man, I'm going to have to look this up. I don't know about this. I, I don't like it. I'll be completely honest. It's it's very much so like I, I'm in Sydney or New South Wales. It's very much a Victorian sport in Melbourne, particularly. Uh. They really like it over there. So. I, I prefer NRL. Um, that's kind of the jumper I'm wearing right now for my team. <laughs> ah. Awesome. <laughs> so let's um, let's transition into Fallout 76 because sure. that's what we're all playing right now. We've been mm-hmm. you know consuming all the content that comes out and the new patch and all that stuff. It's a lot of stuff that I do now that's related to 76, um, but I also play it. How many oh, hours have I bought into into seventy six? You play it a and lot, like, and just remember, <laughs> like you know, like how many hours? We all say that as, with with a job comes less time to play video games, which is absolutely true. So most of my spare time is Fallout seventy six. So it's it's currently over five hundred hours mm-hmm. now, um, and like that's yeah. just crazy to me because like I, I I would comfortably say it's the game that I've played most in my life, which is weird. Like that's weird to wow. say, but it probably is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes when you work on something, you want to do something different when you're not yeah. at work. Not for me. So it just <laughs> to, to 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 work on it and then to go yeah. home and play it more is I don't know. It's a testament to your own for sure. And like I guess at, at my job, it's not just Fallout. I also do a lot of stuff with Doom Eternal as well and different titles. Maybe I'll help out with Elder Scrolls Online from time to time. So there is that. There's de- definitely that variety there. It's not just like all Fallout all the time. Um, so I do have that kind of, yeah. I, I get to mix it up a little bit, but yeah, it's because I do enjoy the game that I'm able to, and plus, you know, I make still make YouTube videos for it. So I, I don't think like if I didn't like the game, there's no way I'd be putting 500 hours into it. There's absolutely an element <laughs> of that. Right. So how, how does that balance work between like creating your own content while still working with the company yeah it, it it gets tough at times because like naturally there's some stuff that you can't make videos about anymore like 
it'd be weird if community manager was making like things that haven't been announced <laughs> yeah, yet. Like, and you're like, it's just not possible, well, right? I can't do speculation videos <laughs> right, about Fallout right. 76 or I can't do news videos. <laughs> not, like it just, well, you could, but they would only be things that aren't true. Yeah, it would just be, you couldn't accidentally reveal something. It just doesn't work. the trail. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, we want you to make this video to throw him off the trail. <laughs> I'm right. on it. No, right. but yeah, it's, Johnny's um, a fixer. <laughs> absolutely yeah it it, it kind of i did also go through a period again because the, my content had to change when i joined the company of not knowing that what i wanted to do on youtube and that took me if you if anyone here has been following my channel that took me maybe a year and a half maybe two years to finally figure out what i wanted to do on youtube uh-huh. with fallout 76 and then eventually so where, uh, where did you land with that uh, like guide content before we move on from that topic yeah so like right now if you look at my channel it's a lot of like build videos and guide videos but it's all from the perspective of because i don't have time to do multiple characters it's just like my one main character so i can't do like here's a shotgun guide or here's a pistols guide or whatever so it's all from my character and as i just do stuff in the game that i think would be helpful for people whether it's like oh legendary perk cards are out maybe a guide to help people do legendary perks stuff like that that's what i'll make content on nowadays and that's finally because i was actually losing subscribers for ages like so bloody long um so i went from like 75k down to like 73 so i I lost a lot because i wasn't doing content so that's on me um but then eventually i made a video that just worked i believe it was the video about how to get the backpack in the game and for some reason that took off for me and then it just went from there yeah, sometimes the you know the the YouTube gods just bless you with something that <laughs> just gets pushed to people, and all of a sudden they click on it, and you're like, oh. It's so hard to predict, yeah. man, and and I'm sure we'll talk about kind of doing that with YouTube and and how to best approach it. But yeah, the content that has always worked best for me is is like when I've when I've focused in and honed in on one thing and just ran with it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so we've been going for a while now. I, I don't want to keep you too long, but there are definitely things oh, that cool. I, I know I want to get to, and I'm sure these guys have some questions too. Um, sure. But the two things that I want to make sure that we hit are uh, what you specifically enjoy doing in 76. Like, what is your mm-hmm. what is your game experience like in the evenings when you're like, ah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna knock out some some stuff in the game. What am, what are you gonna go do? And then also, I would love to to get any advice you have on for people who are either looking to get into the game industry or looking to get into content creation. So why don't we tackle that one first and then we can get back to 76 stuff because I bet you guys probably have more questions about 76 stuff. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of just a, you know, to wrap up the content creation job part, what, what would you recommend to anybody who wanted to be involved in either of those things? So kind of starting with content creation first, I, I think I recently tweeted out about this that if from my opinion it is so hard nowadays to grow a channel that's variety um so like covering different games whether you're a streamer or a youtuber it's incredibly difficult especially because mm-hmm. there's so much competition out there like if if I was to make a video about let's just say Fortnite or Four Guys or whatever it just wouldn't do well because that's not the audience that I've that I've built up and I think best way and and not to say that it's impossible like you can't grow as a variety channel anymore because that's just not true but from my experience and from what i can see it seems to be much harder and seems to be rarer um usually the the people that are growing especially like the small to mid tier 
YouTubers and, and content creators are the ones that are really specializing and, and honing in on one thing. So whether it's like me with Fallout or whether it's like another channel that might focus, even if it's not just one game, maybe it's one or two games or a subgenre, like that would be the big, best advice that I would give is I think genuinely that in 2020, just with the way things are, it's probably best to specialize. So if you love a game, cover that game and just go hardcore on it. Like I, I, that's where I see most people gaining their growth nowadays because I guess that's just the way Twitch is and that's just the way YouTube is. And from my experience, mm -hmm. every single time, literally every single time I've tried to cover different stuff, my channel's just gone through hell. It's been insane. So whether it's like, you know, I'm, I wasn't getting the views or whether I'm actually losing subscribers, that was a, always a bad choice for me. And it might be different for you, but when I didn't concentrate on Fallout or even like, because I found success with games like Borderlands as well back in the day, that's the number one piece of advice I would give. Just focus in on something. It doesn't have to be one game. It could be a couple of games or a genre, as I said, but I, I think that's going to give you the best chance. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Otherwise, it's it's so hard, and and you'll yeah. just become disenfranchised very quickly. Yep, yep, I agree, and and I give people the same advice when they want to start podcasts. You got to pick yeah. a topic and do yeah. something that isn't overly saturated. Otherwise, sure. you're going to get lost in the shuffle, and people won't be able to find your content. Yeah, and then in terms of um, actually working in the games industry, I do believe that doing content creation is a way in. But speaking from my experience, if that's all you've done it is also very hard to kind of get a job and, and it does happen mind you but usually when people like look at a resume they'll look at different things like if you've done one great thing that's awesome but what else have you done how else have you rounded out your background and experience and mm. it's hard like don't get me wrong um but if there is any way that you can do anything else so that when you look at your resume you can say that i've done this and here are the skills that i learned from that and i've done that etc i think that's the the best way to go about it so again with me i don't believe i would have gotten the job that i have now if it was just for my youtube stuff or if it was just for my legal stuff it was because of both of those backgrounds that it kind of worked well for each other so i i uh, i notice a pattern here that's kind of uh different for each of these so when it comes to content creation focus down when it comes to yeah. your jobs spread out <laughs> it's weird isn't it <laughs> yeah it's so weird yeah it's and, and I different tactics one, for sure one is a form of entertainment like when you're trying to entertain and to appeal appeal to people like they like what they like if, if people like videos about fallout and you're making them they'll keep coming back and watch your videos right but like when you're looking for a job it doesn't matter if it's games or any other industry having a well-rounded resume can work with you like, fairly well because oh, yeah. in most jobs you're doing so many different things and having a wide skill set is always going to be beneficial. Right. It used to be that, um, and I remember going to college and people saying things like, you don't want to job hop too often. You want to stick with one thing. You want people to know that you're good at <laughs> one thing. You know, like all of this, that, that was like, that was the mentality, that's yeah. the boomer mentality around this because that's the way the world used to work. But anytime I've looked for a new job and had to have interviews in the last 20 years it's been um a, a benefit in some ways to have diversity on my resume to be yeah. able to say mm -hmm. i did this thing and i learned this thing here and i accomplished these things but i also did this thing and i accomplished these things and i'm able to do both and pivot is you know in a in a modern digital world is very mm -hmm. beneficial it shows um, an adaptability that mm -hmm you have yeah. to experience it's not something that you can go to school for you have to demonstrate that you're adaptable in different jobs environments tasks yeah yeah, yeah. you can think sure. on your feet you can learn things yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. 
It's weird because sometimes like three months of doing one thing is sometimes equally important as like three years of doing oh, yeah. a different mm-hmm. thing. And it's oh, like sure. when it comes down to a while you were mentioning before about like oh yeah, like back in the day it was seen as a good thing to to stay at a company for ten years or whatever. And that's just not the way things are anymore, at least when it comes to my experience. Like yeah, you're right. I, I, <laughs> I was at my first job as a consultant for a year and my next job for two and a half years. And then I've been at Bethesda for over two years. Like in my eyes, that's a long time, two and a half years. But back in the day, that's seen mm. as a short tenure at a company to only be there yeah. for two years. It's just, it's completely swapped now for, for good or for worse, but that's just the reality. Yeah. If you're, if you're in your, you know, early forties or, or younger, I think the average is something like two, two and a half years at, at a job before you move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and just general, uh, if you want to also move up in pay, it's better to actually swap jobs and move from company yeah. to company oh, than it is to stay in one. It is so much better to move yeah. laterally, 100%. Like, yeah. I think that was particularly true for me in consulting, that I, I was seeing friends move across to other companies because they mm-hmm. wanted skilled people and they were happy to pay more for that. But if you yep. waited to move vertically, you wouldn't get that amount of money. And it that's unfortunate. So yeah. I've seen people move laterally to other companies and then come back to the original company and now they're on, you know, way more oh, money yeah. because of oh, it. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah, weird. So yeah, you make incrementally yeah. more if you move up, you might get a 5% pay raise and then the company will consider that a big thing. But if you move yeah. from one company to another, you can get 20, 30, 40, 50% pay yeah, raises. It's, for me, that's very much true in consulting, which is kind of why I was like, oh, I, I'd like to say in one company, like, at Bethesda, I'd like to sure. say one company, which is what yeah. I'm doing now. But I felt like in consulting, that just wasn't a thing, which kind of sucked. Yeah, it, it depends on the industry too, for sure. For sure. Um, well, let's send let's us, move into. Oh, sorry, Dave. Do you have something? Oh, else? I just was thinking, send us your resumes so we can have a resume workshop, and then we'll. <laughs> <laughs> this is the unofficial on special, special episode of the Fallout Hub <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Um, so let's let's move back into Fallout seventy six. I want to. Uh, sure. What is your what is your regular like nightly experience in the game? What do you when you when you boot the game up and you're like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, I've got two three hours and I'm gonna do this. What do you go do? So my focus right now is like obviously you you, you do your daily op because that's going to help you do a challenge for the for the season and then I'll do the rest of the the challenges for the season to make sure that I'm getting my points um, or like the moving up on the scoreboard and then I'll trade in my caps do my script kind of that regular stuff by the yeah. the gold bullion that I need to now my focus is really on leveling up like I'm trying to power level like crazy uh. because that's helping with with legendary perk cards so for those of you that don't know as you level up you get more perk cards to be able to scrap to rank up your perk cards so like yesterday all I was doing and I leveled up like 15 times it was like I'm, I was powering through trying wow. to boost my intelligence boost my experience to try and get as high as possible because that's what's going to help so that's that's my focus right now in Fallout 76 is to just trying to get the highest level as possible what have you been doing in order to accomplish that like how do you so go about it I, I can yeah I can give some tips so I, I'm a veggie character in the game so when I join first thing that I'll do is join a public team join the casual team and get that intelligence boost because you get more experience with that and then sleep in your bed, bed get another 5% boost in experience I eat something called a cranberry cobbler because it's very easy to make. Yes. You just need cranberries and wood. So that gives you another 12% boost in experience if you have stranger numbers. And then I'll probably go to an event, pop a lunchbox, and then other people pop lunchboxes, and then you get that very well-rested bonus. So then at that stage, you're working with so much boost of XP, and then you yeah. do the route of going to West Tech, to, to the Burrows, to Harper's Ferry, to... Um, 
what's it called? Why am I mind blanking on like the main area that I go to? Y Springs. Um, Y-Springs. There, there are areas like with like super mutants, um, Huntersville, for instance, or just ghouls or events like Radiation Rumble just yeah. give you so much experience. So that's what I would recommend. And if you're a, if you're a meat eating character, you just eat something equivalent um, that, that give you a boost in experience. And there's also bobbleheads, like the leader bobblehead can do that, but they're harder to find. Um, right. Yeah, there's, there's so many ways to boost your experience in game. Yeah, on it's, a side uh, note, I'm, great. I'm curious about how, I guess, those like, like White Springs and, and West Tech, mm-hmm. how those will change just from the levels all now scaling. And is it? Oh, is it's there, so like, much better. Hidden areas where like people are yeah. finding, they're like, okay, you know, now this is the <sighs> to go to. It's, it's interesting how that may evolve. I don't know yeah. about you, Lone, but daily ops has been ridiculous for XP. Um, grinding yeah. those events last night, I was leveling like mad. It's because of the amount of enemies that are there. Like, yeah. from what I can see, the XP that the enemies drop in daily ops is a little bit lower than those in the main world. But because there's so many enemies and because you can keep doing it and doing it and doing it, I think that's the, the, the thing. Mm. It's just finding the enemies to kill because that's your main source of experience in the game. So when daily ops literally says, here are it a just bunch brings of enemies you. that you need to kill. Here you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you can keep doing it and it's repeatable. So... Like if you're in the one world and you've gone to West Tech and you clear it out, you have to wait till they respawn. But with daily ops, it's just repeatable, right? Yep. Yeah, totally. You guys have any other questions? I've got one. Um, out of all of the your how-to videos, um, mm-hmm. I've been watching for a while now. They're fantastic. If you, Thank you. Uh, if you had to pick one that you could give, uh, you could explain a little bit about that would be the best tip or trick or. Uh, life hack that you've found in 76 what would it be oh that is i'm actually going to pull up my channel right now <laughs> to see what i found to be the best thing um like self-promotion time let's kick it yeah, up absolutely <laughs> <laughs> look like i Not think all the things all, <laughs> all the things that i said about experience i think are, like they're doubly relevant now in the world of fallout 76 now with the latest update um I would also say that the areas that I mentioned before are great to get legendaries. And I'm just seeing, because all the enemies are so high level, I'm seeing so many legendaries nowadays going to West Tech and to White Springs and to the boroughs and, and those kinds of areas. So that's another tip that, that I would give. Um, but I think the one of the main things is legendary weapons. I think one of my videos that I'm, I was particularly proud of is I was just like, here are all the legendary effects in Fallout 76. And here tend to be the ones that people would trade a lot of caps or good trades for. So, like, I think there's a lot of people out there that might not know that, oh, bloodied weapons, even that's if that's not your build, you could still probably trade them for a decent amount. Or junkied weapons are pretty good. Or anti-armor are pretty good. So, keeping an eye out for those kinds of legendary weapons. And then also on the armor side, unyielding and vanguards, like... If, if you're able to keep an eye out for those particular legendary items and you put them in your vendor or like you go onto a trading forum and you're saying, hey, I have this, what can I get for it? That's the way that I've gotten all my best weapons is by trading for them. Or like mm-hmm. my armor piece is not so much because I'm rolling secret service, which is what I love to do. But yeah, like I, I would keep an eye out for those weapons and make sure you keep them. Like if you see anything that's bloodied, someone would probably give you two, 3,000 caps for it. That's just the way it is. And that's going to help you build up your cap pool and also eventually get a better weapon for yourself. So 
That yeah, would be I gave away one thing. to one of my friends on my stream last night. I should have sold it. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was be I was being nice. I was like, here, you you can use this. Yeah, yeah, hundred well, like Fallout seventy six yeah. players are ridiculously nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's for just, sure. For it's sure. just the reality. Any uh, other I've got a question Dave? for you. So, okay, we're obviously we're and, and I hear a ton of people say that we're living in an unprecedented time, and I think a oh, lot yeah. of people have gotten into content creation with kind of this uh, am amorphous like uh, uncertainty that we're all in. And I know that obviously you've had a lot of experience with content creation, but I'm wondering if you had any tips for people uh, that are in that kind of grind of, of making videos or podcasts or, you know, nonfiction books. Um, what is the best way to kind of secure your mental health when you're doing all this different stuff? Uh, okay. So I've gone through this a lot. Like, uh, I'll kind of let you in on one thing. There was a time, so before I joined Bethesda and I was doing my job as a lawyer and it was when Fallout 76 started to be a thing. So I was doing news videos about that. My videos are doing really well. Because those videos are doing really well, I was like, oh, I'll, I will try and spit out way more content. So I, literally every night I would finish work at 5.36, whenever it was, go home, eat something quick and then make videos to 2 a.m. That was my life for about a month and it was brutal. Like the whole, oh, just grind thing. I, I'm so against it because I didn't eat properly for that period. I didn't exercise for that period. I did a lot of things that were very unhealthy for me, both physically and mentally. So like the main piece of advice that I would give is that you don't grind to the detriment of your actual health and also your relationships and your friendships, right? So like, even if you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to make videos all day or I'm going to stream all day. Just exercise first because then you can <laughs> right. sit down yeah. with the fact knowing that you exercise for the day. That's, that's my mentality. Like if I sit down and start to make videos, then I just get lost with it. And then it, suddenly it's like 10 o'clock and then I have an exercise. But if I make that the first thing that I do, like after this podcast, that's what I'll do. And then I'll come back and I'll, and I'll play Fallout or whatever it is. I've exercised mm -hmm. for the day and I've actually done something um, that was good for me physically and also mentally because I, I enjoy going outside and, and exercising. So that would be the main thing for me. Like don't, don't do this stuff, especially if it's just meant to be a hobby for you. Don't do this stuff to, to the detriment of your actual health because it's it's not worth it. It's like, it's so bad for you. And, and I've been through it and, and I never want to kind of have that experience on anyone else. Yeah. yeah. One thing that's helped me is having a, almost it's like you have an A hobby and then you have a B hobby. So I've gotten yeah. into woodworking because of the extra time. Yeah. So like if I get burnout on, on doing podcasts or writing shows or doing something like that, I go make a really shitty chair. And you know what? That <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure your chairs are great. <laughs> They're fine. They stand. People can sit in them, you know. Yeah. It, it, it does it does what it needs to, but it <laughs> in in seriousness, um it, it that's kind of helps in being like, okay, I get to focus on something different that isn't my work or my a hobby in, in my free time. That it's like instead of like personal care, it's like I get to kind of flex my mind differently. And I think yeah. there's like this weird synergy where it makes you think about other things differently. And then you mm -hmm. start diversifying and being more creative just with your a hobby. So it's, it's, yeah, it's for sure. to, to give that advice to being like, hey, you want to be better at something? Go do something entirely different and maybe you'll get better at the other thing. But. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. 
it, it no, refreshes you. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. Even if it's just like not, and this is the one thing that I'll say as well. Like, not everything that you do on the side needs to be, you know, with the aim of making money or with the aim right. of growing. Like, sometimes you can just watch a crappy TV show, and that's okay. So, like, I, I like to to watch sports. Like, I, I'm a huge rugby league fan. So, like, one of the main things that I'll do, which is completely different to games, like it's it's such a separate world, but I'll watch other rugby league games or I'll just like watch commentary. I'll just chill out. And then I come back to games and I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit more refreshed because it doesn't matter what it is. If you're doing it day in and day out for, you know, however many weeks or months or years, eventually it's going to get draining on you like anything in life, right? Yep. Yeah. That's why we watch a lot of reality TV dating shows. <laughs> that's My a sport in and of itself here that is a sport oh, for it sure. is yeah oh, man. it's our national pastime <laughs> it's replaced baseball for sure here are a bunch of miserable people on an island who's gonna get married on <laughs> island yeah they're not my cup a, of tea I've been listening to a podcast that, that is from the perspective of watching those shows with a sports analysis take so it's like <laughs> oh man what show is that? It's called Game of Roses. Game of Roses. Yeah, it's it's you know done by um, Johnny's family over there. He's got you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what they call the things after Thanksgiving meal. They they go for Game of Roses. <laughs> Jeez, that's a terrible name for a TV show, and it's my last name, and I'll still admit that. <laughs> nice, nice. So um, to kind of wrap things up, is there anything else about? Uh, Fallout 76 that you you want to share or, or your involvement with the game or anything else that you think would be really cool for people to hear about? Look, I, I would just say like with with the new all the new additions to the game, whether it's legendary perks or one wasteland or daily ops or whatever it might be, season two. There's there's so much to do in the game nowadays. So if you if you haven't played it in a while, I think it's a really great time to kind of jump back in and pick it up. Um, you know, and and there's 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 just so much to do and I th- I always think that you know pick it up with some friends maybe that are playing the game because they're going to help you as you mentioned before 76 players are so bloody generous so they'll give you all the health and, and ammo that you need um, yeah just I-, I reckon it's a really good time to be playing the game yeah and to awesome. kind of to build on that um, shout out to, to Tier in the chat we were talking before we started yeah. streaming things um, One Wasteland I-, I think has been really good as far as changing things up again especially yeah. for those of us who've been playing for a long time you get to a point where it's so casual you can just one shot everything and it it becomes less of a, a challenge that's really rewarding um after one wasteland my build was completely messed up <laughs> partly <laughs> because it wasn't optimized either so like you said we're the 76 community is so great at helping people he helped me fix my build but um mm. What would you say for people who are, are finding it difficult now um, about really focusing on their build? Is there any advice that you would give them about, about really focusing that in? I think you've done a few videos on that too. Yeah, there there are a bunch of great channels and tier is one of them that you mentioned or Captain Noob, Angry Turtle. There is so much content out there of like people showing you their builds to kind of help them in the game so i'd say if you like if you aren't dealing as much damage that maybe you thought you should or whatever it might be watch one of those channels and whatever your build is whether it's a shotgun or a heavy gun or whatever it is like they have so much great insight 
and a lot of experience into the game to be able to help you in that regard. So like I've had a few people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, what am I doing wrong or, or whatever? And you're not doing anything wrong. Like there, there are so many different ways to play the game. But if you are looking at like increasing your damage or, you know, becoming a, a min-max build, if you will, then channels like Tear and Noob and, and, um, and Angry Turtle are really going to help you in that regard. Also, just to kind of shout out our own stuff, um, being part of a community of people who play the game together, even even if it's not content creators and people online, just having friends to play with so that you can share the information, you know, and and, you know, give somebody the bloody, you know, axe that you weren't using anymore in order to help their build get get a little bit better, you know, those kinds of things. So if you guys are looking for people to play with, you know, jump in the robots radio uh, discord, Um, you know, Ken and I are in there all the time. Dave's in there all the time. Like we all we all play on different things. We all have other communities we're also connected to so there's there's entries into other people so don't be afraid to you know just introduce yourself and say hey guys i like fallout and you'll get half a dozen people immediately jump in and go hey me too you know like it's just just how (laughs) it goes is this weapon i wasn't using yeah yeah the community is so huge people don't really realize that there's communities for pretty much everything like if you're yeah. looking to trade there's communities for trading for auctions there's um role-playing communities so um people who who maybe are looking for a different experience especially at this point where they've been playing for a while it's as simple as finding a community yeah or people who for are sure. new and just you know or or picked it up and then kind of bounced off it and want to come back with all the updates you know there's a lot of us who who are you know have been doing this longer than you have but are happy to invite cool new people and and this goes back to the one of the benefits of content creation um that i was i was going to add on to one of the things you said earlier one of the benefits of doing this is that all of the other content creators that we've been able to interview the people that i've been doing this the other people that host podcasts on the network all of these people are really cool people they're the kinds of people that like if we lived in the same town we'd all be hanging out all the time anyway you know but we just don't um, and just because we're the people making the content doesn't mean that you have to be shy about, you know, jumping into a server and saying hi and meeting us and some of the other people yeah. who may mean aren't make, making content, but are just as awesome and want to play the game with you. So for yeah. sure. And I yeah. would say with 76, like I, I've personally really enjoyed a lot of the new content creators that have been brought up. And there are others that I, that I haven't mentioned today, like in of survivalist is, is another great channel. Um, that makes Fallout 76 content. Like I, I've really enjoyed the rise of of people making that kind of content, um, and just again, really specializing and and flexing their skills um, in terms of content creation. There, there's a bunch of great stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a golden corral. There's something for everyone. Yeah, for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Or even if it's corral. like um, you know, Final Render, um, who does great yeah. camp building stuff. Like yeah. th- there's just so much stuff out there. There's something for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, is there anything no you want to tell people about how to get a hold of you or reach out to you or check out some of the cool things that you're working on? Anything you want to kind of shout out about? No, it's all right. You can find me everywhere at Lone Wanderer. You can find me if you want. <laughs> like, yeah, just search, search Lone Vault Wanderer and you'll find me, whether you're interested. I don't really stream much anymore. I am on Twitch, though, but you know, YouTube, Twitter, whatever it might be, that's how you can be able to find me yeah awesome awesome uh thanks for being here with us um also thank you for uh, the opportunity 
Yeah, yeah. And um, if you if you guys would like to help support the show, one of the things you can do is leave us a rating or review on iTunes, which is now Apple Podcasts, but I still call it iTunes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Apple Podcasts helps uh, get us out there to make sure people know what the show's about and that we're still making awesome content. Um, tell your friends about us. We would love for you to share us with other places. And also look in the show notes. If you're listening to this podcast on audio or you're, you're watching a video of this in the future, and you're not able to join us live, look in the notes underneath the show because there are a ton of sponsors for the shows on Robots Radio Network, including uh, our brand new one, audiobooks.com, and you can actually get three free audiobooks Ooh. by clicking the link, which is a super awesome deal. Absolutely free. You might as well take advantage of it and go look up you know, something like the Game of Thrones books on audio, which are awesome. Speaking of Game of <laughs> Game of Roses, don't go watch that. Listen to Game of Thrones on audio nah, instead, nah. or I, or I anything agree. else. Go, Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Roses. Yeah, yeah. And the books are way better than the TV show ended up. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think but, they have castles in Australia. <laughs> no, we do, we don't. We absolutely no. do not. I'm no. so envious of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> and Europe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, n- not very many of those in the U.S. either, um, unless they're fake. Uh, but yeah, that's, there's other ways that you guys can help support us. Go check that stuff out. And uh, to kind of wrap this up, Ken, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me at Chad Fallout 76 Podcast uh, and Fallout76Podcast.com. Very cool. Dave? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Dave Chaffins and follow my show, uh, Geography Arcade. And I think this week we've got an episode about Marvel's Avengers. And uh, Tom is going to be on this episode, so it's weird. Whoa! I just remembered one important thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. I, I, I yield the floor to you, Ken. <laughs> I forgot one important thing. Um, our first episode will be coming out in uh, one week from today, which uh, we'll see the return first of the new as- episode. First new episode, yeah. As yeah. Uh, Pete Hines is the judge, uh, Oxhorn will awesome. also be guest starring in that episode, as well as YouTuber Kev do it. That uh, it's going to be sweet. Quite the opener, awesome, dude. That's that's exciting. That's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out the stuff I'm doing, I host the Fallout Lorecast every day on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/RobotsRadio. Um, you can also look that up on any podcatcher or check out the videos after the fact on the Robots Radio YouTube channel. I also do a bunch of other stuff having to do with other video games so go check that stuff out uh robotsradio.net is where you can find anything the three of us are doing and any other of the content creators on the network so go check that out as well lone wanderer thank you so much for joining us this has been a very informative interview and it's it's, <laughs> it's always it's always really nice to get to talk to somebody who you know you've been enjoying their content over the years and then you actually get to talk to them so it's kind of exciting yeah. for us as well thank you i really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that's that's it for for this week. Uh, Join us next week. I believe we'll be back at our regular time on Tuesday next week, right? We will. Yeah. So we'll be back on Tuesday, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. I've got to do the math. 2 p.m. Pacific. uh, I'm unsure about uh, Greenwich Common Mean Time. (laughs) I don't know how that works. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how things work in other places. And Australia doesn't actually exist. So don't look us up. No, we don't. We're not real. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see you on the next next show. Twitch.tv slash The Fallout Hub. Talk to you guys next time. Stay safe and wayside. See you later. I'm doing the Dave wave. Don't this is the Dave wave. This is my move. <laughs> Until it stops. Are we done? Is it done? Yeah, it my looks like the intro. Is gonna, my outro okay. is running. Okay, cool. Well, that was fun. Thank you for that, guys. I appreciate it.
Yep. Yeah, that was a, was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 Now I'm going to go yeah. eat breakfast and, and exercise. Well, Stay true to my word. I'm going to go. I'm going to go eat dinner. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Time zones. Time zones. All right, dude. Yeah, I think up well, no, seriously, yeah, guys. Thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. No, that's yeah, all right. Don't no, be a stranger. I, if there's if there's anything else we can do to work together or help you guys sure. out with anything in the future, let us know. Yeah. Maybe down the line we'll, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. Awesome. Thank you, good guys. Night and good morning. Good night. Yeah, good, good <laughs> night. <laughs> and in case you Bye. Bye. Take care. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.